Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Roshear here, and welcome to the show. Uh, I've just gotten back. A story I haven't been online for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks. I took myself off to our family vacation home up in Penticton, British Columbia. That is where I lived as a small child. It is where my heart always is every time I drive into that uh, town, whether I come from the, whichever direction, north or south, it doesn't really matter. There's two avenues, highways to get in there. Both the entrances uh, hit a lake as you're coming in, and I always just have this settled feeling in my soul that I am home. It is a little teeny old house. Actually, it's not tiny. It's just very, very old. Never been upkept. The yards, uh, everyone's joking because I still have green grass and no one else does, but we don't actually have grass. They're just sort of weeds and moss. <laughs> but the fact that they're still green is driving my neighbors crazy, which is hilarious. And Keith and I have spent the last two years, my husband, really kind of just tidying it up for like curb appeal because my parents just got older, weren't able to look after it. And it really started to look like, a, like you know, it was bad. I'm not going to lie. It was bad. People stop now and say, oh, it's looking so lovely. Basically, it's just clean and tidy with not much going on because there's no one there to look after it. And like everything in life, uh, it needs nurturing. We need nurturing. So I'm going to talk about that a bit about today because I have come to some real realizations and I had a really tough time while I was up there due to some obligations in my life. And the other thing I want to just comment on is, again, how fortunate I am, and I hope you are finding, and if you are not, please go find it, finding your tribe right now in the craziness of this world. Uh, I don't get too political. I know that some of you probably will laugh and say, she definitely talks about her opinion. I do, and I do it more so uh, than I did when I first started podcasting. But the biggest part of that is to just to get you to think. You don't have to agree with me. There is no right and wrong okay? There is only shades of what appeals to you. You know, there's no black and white like I thought I was raised with. Some things we just know. Child pornography is wrong. It's black. It's evil. We know that. Um, helping other people is, you know, just a total stranger knowing, knowing, knowing about it. That's a good deed. That's white light. It's lovely. But there's a lot of in between that's okay for some people and not for others. And that is all I'm asking is think. Ask questions. Do not let the fear of the media today drive you into thinking thoughts that aren't yours. Don't let fear drive your thoughts. And I have to say, as much as I, I'm so grateful for this little group of friends I have, and sorry, that's where I got off on a tangent, where it really became apparent to me is seeing two of my dearest friends since, um, since grade school up there, because one, one lives about an hour away from my home uh, up in Kelowna, and the other one is building a house in Penticton and came up while I was there. And I was able to have a visit with both of them, and they are feeling very isolated I kind of felt bad that I took up my beer to my girlfriend Beerta's whole weekend, and she's like, "Nope, I'm great. Uh, we don't have a crew of friends, you know, once a month that we play cards with, and and that we have kept that circle, that bubble for the past year and a half, basically." 
I kept doing those things. There's no health order. There's no pandemic that's now come out and you're not going to hear that. But what we're hearing now that the CDC and Stats Canada has released their numbers for deaths in 2020. And please do not mistake me minimalizing this because deaths are awful is that there were no extraordinary deaths. In fact, deaths were down from 2019 by one and a half percent or something. But now that that information is getting out there, the, the powers that be, the oppression, the censorship is trying to argue that, well, the numbers aren't quite right. And they're forgetting this, they're forgetting that. They're forgetting 200,000 people died in the United States. You know what, I'm not discounting that 200,000 people died, but the bottom line is 200,000 people did not die of COVID. A lot of those deaths were lies. They were other conditions. They were dying of cancer anyways, and they caught the flu, and they didn't have the immune system to fight it. Uh, and all the people they murdered with um, ventilators. So that is their only argument. I, I was going to post everything on my Facebook page just when I come home and uh, when I came home and for next week. And yet yesterday I spent some time on social media because it was a quiet day while I was packing up and realized it's already hit the fan and they're already attacking it. And it really broke my heart. It broke my heart. So think. It's not just about what they tell you. It's about how you can think about it. So what happened for me is I got some great input from my girlfriends to really clarify some things that I've been fighting with. And I do say fighting because I'm wrestling with them internally. And just, you know, that's probably what most of, it's what most of us do. Some of you are doing the same thing. Our, our struggles most of the time are us internally with ourselves. We might lay blame somewhere, play a little victim, uh, not want to face things but really we're still wrestling with ourselves. And one of the things that I had done, and she commented on this, is that of the last few weeks and month or so, I've been commenting on, the, on this podcast that I've really wanted to get the YouTube channel up, uh, High Functioning Habits, so these podcasts are live, and also to get the websites combined and just get things looking a little more professional. And Beerta's like, what are you doing? No one cares about that. We just want to hear your message. So if any of you listen to a podcast with a guest I had a year ago, her name is Shelly Paxton. She is now, since doing my podcast uh, a year ago, become a number one bestselling author. Her book is called Soulbatical. If you, uh, Rebels, uh, Corporate Rebel's Guide to the Soul or something, she was an ex uh, full on, you know, chief marketing officer for Harley Davidson and other large brands. Okay, we're talking full on corporate America. And it ate her soul and her body alive. Her message is fantastic. The interview is a riot. She's a, uh, she's a redhead like I am. And so the two of us with our energy were just all over the place. But it was, it was great fun having her on. And I'm so happy for her that her book has gone number one on the New York Times bestselling uh, list. And I just could not honestly be, be happier. And she has an expression about shooting all over ourselves. That, you know, the, the thing of we should do this and we should do that. And without realizing it, I was doing it to myself. Even though I teach this and I practice it, I let it slip back into my life and I was doing it to myself. So those are things that are shooting and I don't enjoy them. When the time comes, uh, I will find someone creative to help me make, the, <laughs> make things look prettier. Uh, my website is not that great, Living Well with Shell. The podcast website, most of you don't even listen to it on, uh, you know, you're on another platform. Do these things really matter? No, the message matters. So that's my issue. What is, you know, for me, that is a my shooting. What are you doing in your life? 
One of the other things I, I did this past two weeks was I got into some issues with the family drama again about estate planning and got onto that gerbil wheel again. And again, I need to be doing this. I need to be. No, I don't. I don't. I need to let go and know that the universe will support me. If the money doesn't come from that avenue, I open it up to the universe to bring it some other way. There, there are ways to attract what you need in your life. And in funny, just a little segue. Sorry, I didn't mean to yawn. I'm sitting today, um, which is lovely. I have not been able to sit at my computer in months, uh, but this rest really did kind of settle things in my back. So that's, that's been kind of nice. And my dog, my new puppy, she's a Border Collie lab cross with something else in her. But that Border Collie is very strong. You know, she's 45 pounds and energy and needs to be walked. She pulled me over on the bike. I was walking her down, uh, riding down to the lake. And I should have waited to get off the lawn and out to the road where she's in the bike lane and she's healing beside me. She's, she's pretty good at this. And I've got good balance even with some of my issues um, with my deteriorating hip and my fibro. I still have pretty good balance because I grew up on dirt bikes and boats and everything. And it's just sort of muscle memory. But I tried to get on the bike while we were still in the park where there was ducks everywhere. And for some reason this past month, ducks and birds have become her thing, her nemesis, her, I have to chase that. My old dog, it was squirrels. You just could not. She could, she could see a squirrel across the street through a, with no sound through a, the, the living room window and just go ape. She would run into traffic. That was one of the things we had to be so careful with Kaya. And this is Peppers, apparently. So even though she didn't mean to hurt her mummy, uh, she tugged. I realized what had hap- was, was happening. I stepped out on my bad hip, started to lay the bike down, and she lunged. That was it, guys. It's a little funny because there I am laying flat out spread eagle on the grass, probably in goose poop because the geese were everywhere. And she's got my one arm with the... Um, the leash around the wrist pulled straight out like the Superman pose. And there I am. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, the playground's full of people and mothers and everyone just saw that happen. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Uh, it was funny the next, the couple days later I went back and I got talking to a young mom and her mom. And she goes, I was telling her the story, what had happened. And she laughed and she goes, I'm pretty sure no, only no one saw anything but the dog. And I'm like, great, let's run with that. <laughs> Cause I was a little embarrassed. So she jarred me, she hurt me, I laid it flat out, and I, I have to be a little careful with her. But I was also up there alone where there's no one else to take sort of her off my hands, and I really got to thinking, well, actually, I have a couple of girlfriends that are questioning my ability at this age and with my illnesses to handle her, to give her what she needs. But you know what? She's nine months old. She's getting better and better every month. She's more obedient. She just needs exercise. I do understand that. Can we keep up with her? Well, I just worry that if we don't, my husband and I may become couch potatoes. She's my incentive to get out and moving. Now, she overdid me this vacation where there's no one else. And what had happened was I came home two days ago from uh, one more, you know, I have to take her out every day and it was too much. I walked and everything seized on me. I went into what we call fibro flare. The hip swelled all up. I could, I was limping and when I sat down to have some late lunch, early dinner and watch a TV show, the legs were aching so bad I had to uh, take medication. That doesn't happen very often like that where I literally cannot get past it, even in a hot bath. That's when, you know, you start questioning. When you're in that level of pain, when you're wondering, can I keep up with my life? Can I keep up with my children? Can I keep up with this dog? We start to question. And I realize I'm a little all over the map, but I this is everything that I've been going through for the past 10 days. This is this is the craziness that's been swirling. 
And can I keep up with it? No, I didn't think I could. Not just her, but the week before I had this court case and I have to be the spokesperson to the judge because it's not finalized yet and she appointed me and I hate it. I spent two full days preparing for it in tears. Literally the work, I'm an accountant by trade. Love it. Or did. You should love, I don't understand the legal jargon and the game playing and the dishonesty and the lying. All of it drives me crazy how these lawyers use the system to manipulate. And I just want to, you know, here's the truth. Here's the facts. Can I have what I asked for? Give me what the judge said. It's an order that they're not obeying. And uh, so I took them back. We took them, the group of us took them back to court. And then I spent an entire day on hold only to be deferred. And so now we've gotten really nowhere. And they were fighting this tooth and nail because in here in Canada, when a lawyer disobeys an order from a judge and you have to go back to have it enforced, that's on their permanent record. It's a big kind of no-no. And that's what these four lawyers have done. They've ignored the, haven't signed the order in 18 months and they haven't complied with what the judge said they had to comply with. So they're fighting tooth and nail against me. And I didn't, at the time, I just didn't have the energy. And I, I spiraled. The mess with my family's finances, my worry over that, it just caught me in a bad moment. And then I got talking with my doctor because I'd forgotten I had an online, uh, you know, phone telephone conversation, um, appointment with her. And this is something I really encourage you. And I'm not talking about just meds. When you need a leg up, you've got to go find it. Okay. Now, I was talking about how I was so grateful I had this group of friends. You know, there's the six of us that have stuck together through this whole pandemic. Uh, one of them, in fact, spent half of it doing a cancer treatment, and so he wasn't seeing anybody anyways but us, and the other one runs a business, and so he's following all the protocols. So I feel safe with these people. Is it against the rules? Yeah, a little bit. We weren't allowed to have people in our houses. Like, there's people, and people are obeying that. They're not seeing, I haven't seen my granddaughter. It'll probably be almost a year before I see her. That's, to me, just in a, inappropriate. That's just highly inappropriate, but that's my feeling on this. I've never believed this was a pandemic. I believe it was a very viral strain of a new vi uh, of an old virus. It's not new, so don't fall for that one. They they've admitted that now. Um, that hit was, was hitting certain types of people, and within a couple of months, when we realized that every our whole direction should have changed, but instead the world governments are just all about control. I sometimes wonder if what we're going to see here in this next war, which I truly believe is spiritual, is wars within each country. We're not going to be fighting other countries. We're going to be having civil wars within our country. Canada is pushing very hard to become a communist nation right now by, with our leadership. Censorship, our rights being taken away, they're um, expropriating property, uh, churches when people aren't doing as they tell them, and yet our hospitals are empty, the old people are dying, we didn't protect them. And restaurants and businesses, $1.3 trillion have left the middle class uh, in 2020. That is appalling. And $1.8 has hit the wealthy. Largest transfer of wealth in history. So what's this podcast for? Think. Critical thinking. Ask yourself, is this really about my health? And if it's not, then go ask yourself another question and another question. Because that's what I had to do last week. I was feeling overwhelmed by the lying and the propaganda. So life was getting to me. I was feeling overwhelmed by the court case. I don't, it was really more of a matter of, I didn't want to understand. Of course I'm smart enough to handle it if I get my head into it. But the bottom line was to be perfectly uh, transparent. I didn't want to. I didn't want to learn it. I wanted someone else to handle this lawsuit. And my family stuff, 
I have still got to keep letting go consciously and reprogramming those uh, patterns in my head to not worry about the unfairness and greed that goes on in my family. It's, it's not my monkey, not my circus. So let it go and, and just trust in the universe. We bring these people into our lives with us into this life to learn the lessons. And that is something I've really had to hang on to this past week or so. And having my lunch with Birta and her really getting kind of in my face about this, because my coach does too, and he says, you are the most stubborn client I've ever had. And he's not wrong. So don't be stubborn like me. Question, learn the lesson. And one of the things that Birta was commenting on when I was worrying about working and why I was doing the, the YouTube channel and the website updates and all these things and worrying about the family and worrying about money here, she goes, you need to quit focusing on the fact that you need to earn a living. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't work, you don't eat. I'm a firm believer in that. I was not raised with the welfare mentality. But the bottom line is actually I have enough equity to survive right through to my death now. I may not get to live in this beautiful home to do it, but I can live in a smaller home, invest some of my money. I, there are ways, there are options, but we get very stuck into the story that we've been told our whole lives that you do this and you go to school at six and you graduate at 18 and you get a degree and then you save for your retirement and you retire at 65 and we're all dead by 75 or 80. Uh, later now, it used to be people were dying within five years of retiring. Well, I'm turning 56 in two months. This is my calling sharing with you guys, being a light worker, helping you think beyond your own limiting beliefs. This is my calling and my gift right now. I've had coaching clients this past two years. I've had a few bookkeeping clients. It doesn't matter. I realize what I, let me give you a visual that Birta gave me because maybe money's something in your life that you need to let go of right now. Our governments are trillions of dollars in debt. We're never, we're never going to get out of it. Our children's children won't be able to pay off the debt in, the, in our countries, especially the industrialized ones. And I know I've got listeners from all over the world, so please forgive me. I, I don't, it's like me commenting on the black racial stuff in the States. I don't understand that because I don't live with it. I, I, Canada, we don't have those issues up here. I, we, we're a country that never had slavery. We don't have that disparity of racial conflict that is just generation after generation. I can make comments like, I don't believe in Black Lives Matter because I believe all lives matter. But I say that from a position of privilege and not having to live with it. I don't live in towns where the police force are so racist that they're, they can barely even make change when people come into power that are trying to make change because the underlying belief structure is just there and it's passed on over and over. Perfect, perfect example. We sat and watched the new Independence Day movie that was from a couple years back, but you know, the newer one, the second, the 20-year the follow-up to, to the original movie. And the old Jewish guy that plays the father, he's just a ride. He's the guy, the actor from Taxi, that show Taxi. I can't remember his name. It doesn't really matter. And he's driving and the aliens are back, okay? Like, hello, the ship's over the, the, uh, the, the, the globe. And he runs into this busload of kids that have been stranded on the side of the road. So he appropriates it and grabs all the kids and off we go. We're going off to see my, my boy David at Area 51. Let's go. And this young kid sits up and goes, hey, you know, my dad says that that didn't really happen. It's just a, it's just a conspiracy theory. And, and the old guy looks back and says, your dad's a putz. <laughs> Sit down and be quiet. And I had to laugh because that's, that is the world sometimes that we come up against those people. And even in our own lives, we refuse to see what's right in front of us. 
so it's it's all sort of a journey of learning and for me this thing about income and you know what i'm doing what i'm what i what my love is is like a river in our lives um energy flows i actually helped my aunt do her do something on her new condo that she moved into with my husband, my uncle who's dying of cancer, unfortunately. And so they sold their house, moved into their condo. And I walked outside and my cousin goes, Shell, we got to move that table. It's right in the way of the doorway. I says, yeah, this is not feng shui. This, you got nothing flowing. We moved everything around and everyone stood there and went, why does it feel so open now? I says, because the energy is flowing. You don't block doorways and things like that when you're arranging your furniture. Anyways, just a little weirdness. But the whole, our whole lives are this way. We're energetic beings having a physical experience. And so blessings and prosperity and life is like a river. And what have I done? Stuck this ginormous boulder right in the middle of it that I can't get my canoe around or myself. I can't swim around it. I can't get a boat around it. And my river is flowing and I'm stuck up against the rock. So I'm making a conscious effort right now to remove that boulder. What in your life have you stuck a boulder right in the middle of your river and then blame everything else but why it's not working or start the shooting? I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Should you? Should you really? Also change your language. I've got to do the taxes, ours. And it looks like I don't really have other than my very elderly 90-year-old neighbor down the street. I have no one else's to do this year because it's clients have gone and got incorporated the last couple of years or I have said, you know, I'm not going to do your books and, it, and, in, and if a, an accountant's taking you over, then the taxes go with it. And I realized I probably bought the software for the 20 returns and I don't need it. <laughs> I'm not even doing my parents. My sister took that to an accountant without telling me. I'm like, okay. I'm fine. It's great here at I Center. The here's last year's copies. Fill your boots. But you know what? I'm thrilled because you know he's deceased. I don't really like doing anything that's a little out of the ordinary. I'm not trained for that. I'm not tax trained. Okay, guys. I know enough about businesses to do taxes that people have side businesses or they're sole proprietors. But all the other stuff, nah, it's not my area of expertise, and I loathe it. I do it as a favor. So should I be? No, I shouldn't be doing those things. What happens is we need to change our vocabulary. I have chosen to do our taxes next week and I have chosen to do Alex's taxes. See the language? Oh, I've got to do it. Feel the energy. I've chosen to do this. Feel the energy. Very different statements. It is a, now that is a high functioning habit. Changing your verbiage about how, there are things in life you just, you do have to do. You know, if you don't, if, if you stand in the middle of a road and a car's coming and you don't move, you're going to get hit. Unless that guy's got really, really good brakes and he sees you. You see what I mean? There are things that have to be done. But you can still choose how you vocabulary. That is a not an appropriate. That's not a good word. Appropriate. There's my other thing. We got talking about that and me and all my appropriateness. So my girlfriend, Beertra, realized that she's got a rule book. She was raised with this and she's, or she, she was raised and she created this rule book about what she can and can't do in life. And so she's working on that because those are all limiting beliefs. And I'm working on my appropriateness. Uh, even my son's friends, when they were younger, they were said, your mom, like they're teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Guys, that's not appropriate. And expe expectation. I'm ex you are expected to attend this. You're expect they're like, your mom is so big on appropriateness and expectation. <laughs> These are teenage boys. They didn't miss that about me. Uh, and the fact that when I mean they were aware of it, I'm sure they would didn't miss it at all and would be quite happy if it all went away. 
some of it I don't regret. I appreciate that I can function in any situation, whether I'm eating with the queen or I'm at a barbecue at a dirt bike rally. I just don't care. I can live in both those worlds. I love that about my upbringing. But at the same token, I hung on it too tightly and I created an, I created a, a limiting belief around it like Birta did with her rule book. Like this is my, these are my rules. Like, yeah, not really. And here's something else. One last thing before I, before I leave you, because today you're just, I'm giving you lots of spewing to help you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back to getting the foot up. So the, I took the call from the doctor. I apologize. I, I need to come back to that. I have been on Wellbutrin, um, an antidepressant for most of my adult life. I found that a few years ago, I was able to go off it and was managing my health and well-being through lifestyle and supplementation and doing great. And I still recommend True Hope, uh, their EMP. It's spectacular for anyone that has mood issues or just wants better clarity. But with my pain levels being so high this year, I'm, I'm finding I'm not, I don't have the strength to cope with it. And I've been doing some spirals this past month and they're not a pretty place to be. Those are, you know, you're on the floor sobbing. You just want your life to end. You don't understand why you're here. You don't understand. I, let me, I don't understand why I'm here, what I've got to offer. It, those are bad, bad moments. And I realized that I'd gone back on the drug a couple of two years ago to help with my fibro pain. And it did. But then this past year, I've had all these other issues. I'm thinking it's not really helping. I went off it again. Well, I had a chat with the doctor and she says, no, I need you back on that for three months. Let's see. You need a leg up. Do not let your limiting beliefs and your pride stop you from getting a medication if you need it. You don't need to be on it forever if you don't, or maybe you do. Now I'm 55 and I've been on this drug since 30. So clearly there is something in my brain that has a little bit of a, you know, a chemical misbalance that needs to be corrected and a nice little low dose of Wellbutrin does the trick. It solves my sadness. When you're in chronic pain, it's hard not to be depressed. They, they tend to go together. Almost everyone in chronic pain is on an antidepressant. First, one of the first things the doctors put you on. And I'm not. And so what happens when I'm having the bad episodes and I can't walk and I'm, I'm on these other drugs that I don't want to be taking, I feel depressed and I feel like giving up. So that prescription is waiting for me today. Find your leg up. And the other thing, it, is, it doesn't just have to be drugs. It can be asking for help. And I just saw something, you know, just on social media or whatever I heard it this last few days was, when you don't ask for help, you are denying someone the joy of helping you. Don't forget there's people out there as well, like myself most of the time, but having a few issues lately, that that is a gift to me when someone needs my help. If I can help anybody with this podcast, if you listen and I, and thank you, some of my listeners, you guys have been amazing lately. You've had, I've had more interaction than I've had in years really lately. Um, someone just sent me a message saying, thank you. You know, I needed to hear this message or you're an amazing podcaster. Guys, you have no idea how grateful I am for that, to hear that because it keeps me going. Just because I'm here doesn't mean I have all the answers and I don't go through down times. I need to be kept aware that I am helping someone, that I'm helping you open your mind, create a new habit, think outside the box. Willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan. <laughs> These are my branding slogans and they are there for a reason because it's I truly from the depth of my soul believe these things and I believe my pain and experience I've gone through can help other people I don't believe the darkness is winning on the planet right now I believe 
they are fighting harder than ever because light is waking. People are waking up and people are realizing there's been a lot of yucky stuff on this planet for a long time. It's not about Democrats and Republicans and Trudeau and, and Communist China. It's about the fact that there is all, all over the globe there is oppression. Communist Party. There is child trafficking. There is sex tra trafficking. There is drugs and human beings, their lives mean nothing because people are bad people are using them as mules and now they're smuggling them all into the United States and now they're all on the payrolls of the cartels. There are big groups of people starving the people in Venezuela because they have all the natural resources when the people of Venezuela should be like freaking Saudi Arabia. There should be a government in there that says that's enough and all the people should be wealthy as far as I'm concerned. These people deserve to prosper with what God has given them and instead they're being exploited and their farms taken away and, and it's just it's just all of it's awful. But see guys, COVID has sort of shone a light on that. So even in any situation, find the leg up, find the light, recognize that you may have some limiting beliefs around some of this stuff and recognize that you need to stop shooting and recognize that you're putting your own boulders in your own flow. A lot of that going on with people. So come along for the journey. Let's keep chatting. I try and podcast once a week. I've got a guest on that I thought was today. I came home from Penticton because I thought Brandon Hadley um, from, uh, from his podcast names left my brain. Spiritual dope. Uh, I was on his podcast a few months back. He's going to be on mine. And my calendar moved him into May and it didn't update my iCloud calendar. It only updated my Outlook. And so I'm all ready for an interview today that isn't, isn't happening. Um, but there, there's lots of people I'm bringing on the show coming up here that just have different perspectives. They have different stories that can inspire you, like Michael Arterberry and the social media breakup uh, guy with Johan. They just had great information, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to their, the, the interviews. Their stories are just one of, of uplifting, positive energy. That is what we have to hold on to. Doesn't mean you live there every day. Doesn't mean you str don't struggle. In closing, and I know that I said I was saying I've lost my train of thought on something and I apologize, but maybe it just wasn't important enough to come back to it. Um, I'll check it out when I edit. I'm just opening up my Audible because I'm listening to Outrageous Openness right now and I just started it. It's fabulous. But on the drive home for two and a half hours of that four-hour drive, I listened to Warrior of the Light by Paolo Coelho. I don't think that's how you say his last name. It's C-O-E-L-H-O. He's done lots of books. I cannot remember whether it was my coach or Birta that told me to read that. Um, it was interesting. It was fantastic perspective, things I go through all the time. And also just an assurance that, you know, just because there's those of us that are holding the light and the space and the energy and we're helping and it's our calling does not mean that all of us, I'm speaking to you, not about me, that all of us are not struggling and don't have our days of darkness. It's not about the darkness. The darkness will always be there. It's always going to be night at some point. But the dawn is always going to come. You can walk into a dark room and flick on a switch. You can light a candle. It, it's, there's, the light is always next. And the thing to focus on is focus on that. When I walk down the street, I do not see all the people wearing the mask. I mean, I do, but... They're just not, 
I don't feel, I had a girlfriend comment that she feels like people are judging her because she's not wearing a mask. And I'm like, that's even on your radar? She goes, yeah, I don't like it out there. I says, well, go walk the dog in dog parks because the dog park people aren't wearing masks. Um, just go where there's good energy, like where normal people stop and say hello and aren't all scared and afraid. But if those people are out there and they're judging me, I, I, I'm like a duck with the water, like the oil. Ah, it's off my back. I'm not connecting energetically with those people. I'm connecting with the people that look me in the eye and offer me a smile and I smile back or vice versa. That uplifts me. So I search for the light. Sometimes you need to do that as well. It doesn't just, it'd be lovely if we could just sit in our homes and sit and, and meditate and, and vibrate amazingness 24-7. That isn't really a reality. Even the most spiritual of woo-woo-nesses, no one will tell you that's how it works. <laughs> okay. Meditation is a practice. It's a habit. Searching for the light is a habit. It is a practice. It is rewiring your brain. It's changing how you think something and, and choosing to think something else and then repeating it in your head over and over so that your brain chooses a different mental pathway. All right. My energy, my love is with all of you. Thank you for all your support this past five years. It's coming up on June. This podcast will be five years old, entering into sixth year. And this has been a pretty crummy year. But you know what? The battle had to be fought. The world, we were very broken and there was just a lot of evil and ugliness and hiding in our little, I'm going to use the word white privilege. If you've seen, if you've seen me on the website or on my Instagram, you know I'm a white middle-aged female. I'm sorry, but I am. I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, and the bottom line is I don't know what it is to be a minority. And I do, oh, well, I do in my own neighborhood, actually. I'm a minority where I live here because of immigration. Um, but that's never even bothered me. But I certainly wasn't raised with, with issues that other people have. I do understand that. But that doesn't make it any less true that the world has a lot of ugliness about it that needed to be exposed to the light. So hang on to the light, guys. And remember, willpower will only get you so far. Then you better have a plan. Stick with us. We'll make a plan. Take care. And I'll see you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>